Thank you all for joining the AFT Construction Podcast today. We were super fortunate to bring on Danny Wang from Danny Wang Design in Newport Beach, California. And for those of you that are familiar with Danny Wang, he is putting out some amazing content and product out in the marketplace. And his marketing is second to none. I mean, he's really done a phenomenal job capturing his audience, you know, showing the before and afters and time lapse. And we really dove into... Uh, not only the organization of his company, you know how important it is to invest time and money into your systems and company and product and people. You know that's the first half of the conversation, but then the second half we really dove into um, how to target locations and areas and utilize that social media. With a lot of these platforms becoming pay for play, how do we utilize those dollars and manage those media dollars? And what is the benefit of a static post as opposed to a carousel in the video? So definitely stay tuned. And a big thanks to Sub-Zero Group Southwest for making this podcast possible. Uh, They're an amazing partner of ours and sponsor of the show. So if you're starting a new kitchen project, the Sub-Zero Wolf and Cove showroom is the place to start. It provides an immersive environment to help you realize the possibilities of your future kitchen. Discover what it may feel like, look like, taste like, all in an exploratory, no-pressure showroom. No matter who you are, consumer, owner, or member of the trade community, the showroom is ready to assist you throughout your entire project. I visit the Sub-Zero Wolf and Cove showroom in North Scottsdale quite often. In fact, it's just a few blocks from my office here, so it's the perfect place to meet with my clients and the designer on the project. When we arrive, we meet with a showroom consultant whose sole focus is catering the visit to our needs. They seek to understand what products may be best suited for the client and then explain and demonstrate special features and functionality. We can browse the complete line of Sub-Zero Wolf and Cove appliances and then view them in beautifully designed vignettes, helping my clients envision how the appliance might look in their home. The best part is that the consumers can interact with the products, turn the knobs, open the drawers, and ignite the flames, discovering the best fit for them. With the help of the showroom consultant, each visit is truly unique to the client. The relationship with the showroom does not end with the appliance selection process. Throughout the entire project, the showroom team is there to provide helpful solutions and offer advice and assistance. After appliances are installed, owners can expect a lifetime of support and helpful resources. The Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove showroom is the perfect place to start, experience, and bring your vision to life. Schedule an appointment at your nearest showroom by visiting www.subzero-wolf.com backslash showroom so i'm brad levitt welcome to the at construction podcast and today we have my good friend mr danny wang welcome danny hi brad how are you hi everybody that's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah so danny hosted i was fortunate to uh have you host me on your instagram live you know not too long ago and uh-huh. you know we've been big fans and friends of each other for quite some time through social media i finally had the pleasure to meet you in vegas you know at k business last uh january yeah definitely that was a pleasure of mine too yeah, I mean, you, we all know Danny Wang that you're hidden behind the camera. So was, I, I didn't even recognize you when you found me in the hallway. So, <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny because sometimes I don't, I don't remember what, I, I don't remember that other people they don't know what I look like. So when I approach them, they're like, who, who are you? Yeah. Yeah, you're like, so, hey, Brad, and I'm like, who are you? Oh, Danny yeah. Wang, yeah, fucker. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's well, fun. Danny, I appreciate you making time. I know you have a lot going on. We've all noticed that from social media, and um, I think you have a lot of good things to provide our listeners. So let's just kick it off here. You know, so you've built an amazing following right through all your platforms. And I mean, you started TikTok and now you've already blown crazy on TikTok. So what do you find the most attractive, you know, to your audience to allow that growth? Um, I think what it is, is, um, I I mean, everybody preaches authentic content, right? So I am filming both the good, the bad, you know, what's going on with my life. Uh, what's going on with our company. I think people like that uh, because, you know, it shows a, a human side of things versus just, hey, I post this picture of, you know, a million dollar project, you know, that's it, right? So I think what we do is we we post from the beginning to the end. So, okay, this is how I come up with the project, like how I do how I do this, how I did this. Uh, I think that's very helpful to people because then it, it, it gives a lot of value because then people see, um, hey, this guy's doing it this way, that guy's doing it that way. So I think that's very, um, very, it provides a lot of value for, for people that follow us. Yeah. 
And well, it's interesting. What? Well, well, now that you're saying that, you know, I remember one post you did recently, and what caught my attention. What? Well, we all know, right? Part of the analytics is how quick are we grabbing the attention of those that are following us, right? Because the yes. algorithms, although they're changing, it's still true to one side. Are you grabbing eyeballs on that? And what I noticed you did, and I think it was TikTok, you actually did a video and you said, hey, this took three months to build. It'll take you <laughs> yeah. a few seconds to watch, right? So right yeah. away, I yeah. saw that caption and I'm like, okay, well, that's going to make me watch. And I saw that it had, you know, a couple hundred thousand views. And so what I found is that at least from, you know, what I'm seeing the information and content you're putting out there is you're finding a way to make the audience engage with what you're doing. Yeah. And that's why I spend a lot of time on TikTok. Uh, Cause what, what I look at is, okay, what, the way I look at it is what grabs my attention, right? So I look at it. Okay. How did this video grab my attention? Usually it's, you know, TikTok, a lot of it's music, humor, and it's funny you mentioned TikTok. Uh, not too long ago, I actually got my first phone call from someone off of TikTok. No way. Yeah. yeah. You actually had a client reach to you off TikTok? Because I think yeah, that's yeah. one thing all of us are trying to figure out. Like, yeah. I know how Instagram's benefited my business. I know how LinkedIn is, and I know yeah. how the website or blog, but TikTok, you know, is kind of this unknown. Yeah. So, uh, the same thing. But I think, yeah, a little bit less than an hour ago, someone called me. He said, hey, I found you on TikTok. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. that That's interesting. So, yeah. So, I mean... I I think this is what you preach a lot is just put yourself out there everywhere and you know things will come. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, that's we we could probably spend a whole another hour on just all the different platforms and their different values, right? Because yep. I, I'm with you, and and you know we only have so much time, so there's gonna be things that we're focusing on, and I think anyone listening should, whether you're doing it yourself or you're outsourcing it or. Mm -hmm. You know, but be on all of them at some point because there's going to be different demographics and eyeballs that are following you on each of these platforms. Yeah. So, so what I do is I try to do uh, cross, I try to do cross content videos, or I mean cross con uh, cross platform content. Uh, so a lot of times I'll post my TikTok videos on my Instagram, and I'll post my Instagram videos on LinkedIn, so vice versa. So um, now when we create content, we try to create content that's that's multiple that's used for multiple platforms well i like yeah. that you said that so i had a i had a guest on randy garrett and she mentioned the same thing and i think one yeah. of the advantages of doing that it's twofold one you're gonna have crossover followers right so you're bringing mm -hmm. followers throughout each of the channels yes then also from a time perspective you know it takes time to edit do the content but you're able to create a formula now that you can multiply through the platforms and not exhaust all of your resources yeah, and lately, because uh, I when I started doing Instagram, I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't for the purpose of doing Instagram. So, but now we're you know gr growing so big, I see so much benefit. We actually have uh, a part-time team that's behind it now, so they capture content footages professionally. So, so um, that's kind of, you know, it's, we're gonna have even better contents coming out. So what are some, because one thing that I really like about your activity on social media is you're very, you're, you're very strategic in the sense that you have, you know, you have videos, you have before and afters, you have time lapses, you have, yeah. Yeah. one thing I tell you, the most creative guy, you're very comical with your polls and questions and, and gifts <laughs> on there. I mean, you're really good at kind of spreading the wealth between all these different energies. So what, what's some of the technology, I mean, you're using for either cameras or technology or some of the eyeball, you know, videos you're doing? Yeah, so I, I, I first started with just my cell phone camera and still most most of the content is still through cell phone camera. As you know, our, our platform, as our social media started growing, I started noticing people really like time-lapse. So we started purchasing time-lapse cameras. Uh, we have probably 10 time-lapse camera going on right now. And, and then I started noticing drone videos. So we have drone videos. Uh, then I started noticing uh, 360. So it just I think I'm a very big consumer in content. So then I I just look at what is working for others. What's something different? Like the 360, we have uh, we have a couple of video that's not even out yet. It just I'm taking projects. You know, 360. Let's say if we're doing a crane, I actually hooked up a 360 camera to a crane the crane ball. So then you can actually track move with the crane as we're doing doing work. So I think just a lot of interactive, because um, everything everything is about engaging and interaction, right? So the more interactive you make it, the more 
the more exciting people like to see behind the scenes stuff. Like I find with a with a finished project, it's harder because people they don't see like I mean I can't get people to touch and feel, but at least I can get them to you know be within that environment, kind of look around, provide different perspectives. I love that. So there's some you know strategy behind that. What's interesting is I think that is for you is most most of these big accounts you know not all of them and i don't want to generalize this but a lot of them are posting you know a plus content right it's yes. not all theirs but it's a plus content but where it's unique about you is you have this massive following and it's predominantly your content <laughs> which yeah. is yeah. extremely rare i mean it is you don't yeah. see a lot of designers builders architects that have these huge followings that are posting only their own work and the reason being is that all of us in no matter at what level we are, we, we're limited by um, budgets, by design, by taste of clients. And so there's yes. only so much we can do with certain projects. Whereas if you have everyone's project in a big you know, uh, area to pull from, then it's a lot easier, right? But that's what yes. is really impressed me about what you're doing, Danny. Yeah, so I think a lot of that comes from just how long we've been in business. Because I remember when I first came on Instagram, everybody was like, oh, like how did this guy just come out of nowhere? Um, and the truth is we've been, I've been in business for 14 years now. So it's just, there's a ton of projects that we've been doing. And also I think a lot of it is because I actually take the time and try to engage back with, you know, people on my social media. I get probably now 200, 300 DMs a day and it's, it's a lot of work, but. It's so how do you do that? Day. I mean, how do you manage? Cause, cause that's the one thing you have your, your job, yeah. your company, your employees, your content, your media, and now you're having two to 300. Not all of these are going to be job lead generating messages, but you're engaging, right? Which is building that following. So, I mean, how do you even find time to respond to all of them? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I also often ask you for that too, right? So now what I try to do is before I, I did a lot of sales calls, right? Like we would, we would drive to, I mean, I'm pretty sure you do too, drive to potential clients, drive to, you know, potential sales calls, you know, networking, networking events. So when you look at, when you kind of sit down and look at all the time that you spent doing this, now I trade it for social media, right? Like instead of spending 10 hours chasing leads, now I have 10 hours to spend on Instagram. Right. So I'm trading time for time. <laughs> There's so much information about how you manage your time, right? All of us, yeah. you know, time's the, the one value none of us can change. And I've, I found that in my life, you know, as you learn, whether mm -hmm. it be how you're organizing, organizing your schedule and what you're spending your focus on. I mean, that because the one thing I hear all the time, well, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to do social mm -hmm. media. Well, what you've expressed, Danny, is what everyone should be listening is finding out, okay, well, how can I better strategize my day yep. or effectively use time? Okay, this 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 social media has taken off and there's a lot of value to it. So how can I optimize that by maybe offsetting other things that I was doing? Yeah. And and a lot of it is also, you know, this is what I learned from you and other people, uh, building a great team. So, you know, I try to build a better team and say, hey, and more and more people I have you know a lot of employees for Instagram so and they they're they share the vision they're like okay my job is to go do Instagram and do all these things because it drives a lot of business and their job is to make sure they 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 handle my task so then I could go do these kind of things and I learned that from you and Paul right I think you guys mentioned that to me and that really opened my eyes it's like hey you guys are right uh, I should be doing all the branding and then we could have really good and talented people come and you know kind of support support me. No, I think that's really valuable. And in any company, you know, you look at okay, what you as the owner, operator, founder, mm -hmm. Danny, okay, well, where's your time best utilized? And then making sure you're empowering the culture in your company and those under you that they can now go forward and fulfill that vision, right? And they can communicate yep. with the customer and and hit you know some of the day to day, which now allow you to step back and start focusing on systems and you know processes and social media and marketing and some of the things are going to just continue to build that brand yeah and i think that's uh, kind of skipping forward is um you know one of the things how do you run a small, successful small business i think before i thought like a small business so i was very very involved i was like a mom very mom and pop shop but more and more now you know since we have all these things going on i'm thinking more like a big business now like 
how do business, big business function? And that's really what separates small business and big business is you have systems, you have, you know, scalability, you have, you know, all the, all sorts of things in place. So then when you scale in multiple areas, it's just replicable. So that's really what I'm learning a lot is not to small think of myself as small business anymore, but think more like I'm a big business. So I like that mentality. So it's a change in mentality. And then, you know, as a big business, you're not going to succeed unless you have systems. So we're going to yep. come back to the social media. I know we've kind of tabled that and we're, yeah. you know, but I do want to dive into the system part because I think uh -huh. it's really important for anyone listening of any company. So, you know, you have a lot of complexity with your builds, Danny. You have yep. not only the, the, not everything's luxury, but some are very high in luxury, but some are limited access, yep. you know, for how you get in the backyard, how you get in the house, you know, because you're a GC, not just a pool landscape yep. builder. So, you know, how are you managing your team? And because some of these are quick projects, some are longer, you yep. know, in terms of duration. So how are you now managing that with kind of you stepping away as the owner? Um, no, actually, you know, what what we're trying to do, and it's, it's very difficult um, because of the complexity of the build. But what I've been doing is, looking at you know because before we we struggle right like i'm still the sub because you guys don't self-perform i still self-perform on a lot of my projects so what i've been st going away is okay who could replace like wh who could replace what we're doing right now so let's say landscaping if we find a really good landscape guy that we like you know let's okay we we take that off of my plate and then we we bring him on a team, so it's, it's 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 all back to team building, right? Like now that we're getting bigger and bigger, some stuff that I can self perform, or some details that I need to self perform, we still self perform. But now we use utilize resources of other to supplement you know what we what we need. So I think that's really what, how we're we're growing and scaling, is doing by doing having better subs, better. Uh, even better employees. Well, I mean, I'm doing a lot more training. Before, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend too much time training employees. Now we spend a lot of time on the field, you know, documenting a bunch of stuff. And I think training, having that system, and also the support of other people that are really good at their job is really helping us grow. So let me ask you this, because I think for anyone listening, one concern, yep. and it doesn't matter if you're an architect handing stuff off to a draft, you know, draftsman, draftswoman or designer, or if you're a builder and you're handing off, okay, we were self-performing. So there's a level of quality of execution, a vision that I have, but now I'm subbing that out. You know, how are you not losing, you know, like telephone game, how are you not losing that communication and quality to make sure that now as you're subbing this out and working with other partners to make sure they're still executing at your level? Um, so that is that is something that's extremely tough. Um, so we still do a lot of QC. I mean, we have to we have to QC, and I think I shared this with you too. And that this is why I'm more more and more a big team player. I failed really hard about four years ago because I had poor QC. I was building this you know massive construction empire, but because we have you know no system, no QC, everything kind of falls apart, right? So the people that we bring in even my own project manager designers, we, we're still we're still the person that's QCing the job. So that's really the, the most critical thing is, okay, you know, we have, we have uh, one person that's dedicated for each project that's coordinating all the, all the people in the field and all the QCs, everything is still done. You know, I still go to the job. I still check all this stuff out. So I think that's something that we're still dealing with trying to expand is how do we produce better construction documents the one i mean the one thing that's that is nice because i control the whole process right we design and build so i think it's important to have a designer that could design with building experience right so that, that's what that's how that's really the key that we're going to scale is how do we design things that are actually buildable or how do we design things that the the contractor understand so every time we bring in a sub, we kind of, you know, talk, say, hey, how do you do things? This is how we do things. But I think because we could speak their language, um, that is very, very beneficial because now we could say, hey, this is how we build stuff. 
you know, do you build it like this? If not, how do you how do you do it, right? So we just kind of work out the system and see which one's better. I love that you said that. It's it, you know, there are two points there. So one, you know, good design and and the fact that you're controlling the design that's really going to help, you know, yes. throughout the construction process, quality control, and then final product, right? Because yep. I've I've noticed from my side, I mean, I could talk about this all day, where, you know, there's certain architects that are extremely talented and detailed. Yep. that the job's going to go a lot smoother and same with interior design there's some designers i work with who i know right on if they're on board it's going to be i don't want to say breeze but it's going to be um much more simple for us to to hit that mark whereas certain other designers with that lack of information lack of design we're already starting off on the wrong foot right and it's going to be yep. hard to pull that together but one thing you talked about too is just how you're training in the field and i think what's important one thing i learned you know we all learn through mistakes right and where i can yep. relate Recently, we had some mistakes on on a project, and my my breakdown or my issue in, in that training was, you know, we brought the entire team out, and we said, okay, let, let's create a process here. I mean, we have a master template of the schedule, so anyone in my team could pick up, you know, this template we've built and, and really run from soup to nuts, you know, this custom home. But the one thing we didn't put in there was, you know, these targets where the minute cabinetry is installed, yes. like that first day, let's go walk and check you know, is it level? Is it square? Is it plumb? Let's check how they scribed, you know, yeah. to the wall. And you do that cabinet inspection now. Otherwise, you're waiting, you know, yep. countertops go in, plumbing goes in. And then now <laughs> here we are a month from closing. It's been in for four months. And we're like, what happened? Why is this not scribed? <laughs> you know? yeah. Now we got to pull cabinets, you know, we got to come in and maybe, you know, figure out molding and how we're going to, you know, do us, you know, some scribe trim, which you don't want to do in a custom home. And so, what I found is tell the guys, okay, as each element's installed, inspect it, review it, and QC it at that point instead of waiting and trying to do it, you know, three months down the road. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the same exact thing that we're, we're doing recently is just let's be pro, uh, I mean, this phrase is what we created, right? Be proactive, not reactive. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what I've been preaching to my guys like the last two months is think what – let's – be proactive about these things versus doing it and then finding out then everybody's panicking right so that's kind of the thing that i've just been drilling to everybody's brain it's okay think of all the stuff that could happen i think it's a mindset uh not it's not not everybody's i don't think people are incapable of just they don't know right so by drilling it into everybody's head it's like okay everybody i want everybody to start thinking proactively right like what could happen what's gonna happen versus oh crap this happened now what are we gonna do right so um i think and, and i love that because yeah. what you're saying dan you're not really you're not leaving any chance for error any chance for issues because essentially what you're saying is okay if i'm you know if my if i'm at top out right my slabs pour my framings in yeah. you're gonna go in and it may cost your superintendent two hours or your project coordinator but you're gonna lay out every single plumbing fixture right every valve location you're yep. going to lay out all your electricals because you have your cabinet drawings or you should. You have them marked on the floor. You could have the cabinet company come mark them. So in that way, with your built-in Sub-Zero Wolf, it's going to hit the exact location, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, there's some time involved. But what you're doing, you're not reactive. You're proactive. You're proactively scheduling this, getting people out there, walking it, QCing it. So now when it comes time to execute, there's not really a window or a margin for error because it's all laid out for them. Yeah. And uh, this actually, in fact, this happened today, right? We have some appliances that came in, and I've been noticing that even the appliances, their 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 measurements off. So what have my team did was, I actually have them take the actual dimension of the product and say, okay, let's mark this in our own database because we even notice that there's there's discrepancies by and you, I mean and you do this right like. I, I train the I train because I come from a builder. Right? I train my staff with the mentality is don't go everything off plan. I mean, you still have to review it because things are, plan Plan is, I mean, 50% accurate at best. Mm -hmm. So even if the, the manufacturer gives you the spec, you you know, you can't just go off the spec because if something's wrong, you know, there's no one else to blame, right? You can't blame the manufacturer because no one will care. You know, the client's not gonna care. So we have to be the person that's caring. So what what today, what we did was, um, since I noticed one of the manufacturer had things start off by like half an inch, one inch, I took one of my staff. I said, okay, we have all the call outs. Let's measure the exact dimension 
and then make adjustments in our own database because we have the cat files, right? So we can just change it. And so next order, we're going to double check to see if, if this is a manufacturing issue or it's just case by case. And then what I do is then I take it back to the manufacturer and say, hey, you guys need to update your specs because, you know, also your specs, if I'm having this problem, you know, everybody's having this problem. So it's just same thing. It's all, I think really that's the phrase I've been coining last two, three months, proactive versus reactive. Which yeah. is super smart. So I mean, proactive and, yeah. and it's really documentation. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I had Luann Naguer on and she came in on the podcast a while ago and she's talking about doing an autopsy, right? So when you finish a job, do an autopsy. And in essence, that's what you're doing. You're, you're documenting, you're saying, okay, well, we learned this mistake, you know, from manufacturing, from the appliance company, even yes. though on their specs said it should be here, it's not, it's here. Let's proactively note that, put that in our drawings and designs so that on the next round, we can, you know, have that um, proactively done, right? So we don't yeah. have that issue again. Yeah, so you solve the problem once and that's it, right? So then there's no there's no issues of, because what, what it is, is where where is problem solving, right? So let's say, you know, the first time it happened, okay, why did it happen? Is it because of Carpenter's fault? Is it because of this guy's fault? You know, we we find out what, what's the root cause of it and, you know, we trace it back to the manufacturer's fault. Okay, then let's, we, we address it. Let's fix it, right? Yeah, I love that you said that because it's, you know, I tell my team all the time, I'm like, look, we're imperfect. We're going to make mistakes, but don't make that same mistake twice. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, you know, there's no reason that any of us, if, if we've messed up on something, make a mental note, make sure it's documented, and then do not allow that to happen again. Yeah, and that's really the way I train my designers that come on board, too, is, okay, you know, I'm, I'm all good for following the plan. But you have to be aware, like still have to double check, right? Because even plans could be false. Because yeah, I used to have a lot of interns and you know employees. They're like, oh, we just, you know, why don't why don't the guys just follow the plan in the field? And I tell them, you know, there's 99% of the time, I have not seen a set of plans that's perfect where you you make no adjustments. And you, even the the clients, right? You could you could have the best best set design plan. The clients comes in and says, I want to change this. You know that's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So the so the best way we do stuff is I actually lay out. Uh, this is a little secret of mine. For a lot of my projects, what I do is I take the plans, I draw uh, and I doodle, uh, you know, whatever. Or I take other people's set of plans. I go out and mark everything in the field, and I have someone that follows me and make a duplicate set that's uh, site specific. So they're so, doing a, a so they're doing a real time as build of what you're doing out in the field. Uh, well, they're doing an as build before I build it, so th that way it's it's accurate. Because I mean, there's so many times I could not tell you how many times where, you know, it says 24, right? But on the bottom of the wall, and this is for interior, at the bottom of the wall is 24, at the top is 23 and a half, or mm -hmm. vice versa, right? So just like okay. Yeah, the great the plan says 24, but the field condition, the drywall guy, or you know the, the framer, someone, someone messed up. So the only true, true, true way to figure stuff out is go to the field, measure the drywall opening, or let's plan it, right? Make sure it's if it's 23 and a half on top and it's 24 on the bottom, we need to, you know, we need to design based on that, you know, what's existing. So that's that's been helping us a lot. I mean, it's. It actually doesn't take that much more time, but it allows us to problem solve, like kind of we're practicing, we're problem solving in the office on CAD versus, you know, in real life. And a lot of tile layouts, where I'm teaching my staff how to do tile layouts based on, you know, the, 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 size, the specific size and I'm having doing all the cuts. So we're trying to really optimize how we do stuff uh, in the office so pretty much we're trying to build a project within the office first and then in the field which is smart i mean you think let's just yeah. talk financials i mean if you're investing you know if you put the, the whole reason is that payout right that in the long run it's going to actually pay out yep. and you don't see it in real time but it will end up happening so like if you're putting money in an investment account you know the goal is in five years you know that payout yep. is going to essentially double or whatever maybe well if you apply it to the business side okay you're going to invest as you said you're going to invest in systems and protocol Yes. in social media and some of this time well the whole intent yeah you might invest two hours going out and field measuring doing some as builds you know laying this out but and the whole goal there is that now when you go to execute this three months later and the product's in it's going to be precise and issues and you don't spend 
you don't have any job costing issues because now you're not spending money to fix it. It's done, it's detailed, it's right. And so that payout does come eventually, even though you don't see it in real time. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, and, and I mean, I, I see payouts right, right away because a lot of, and I think this is why architects and like pure architects and designers, they don't care about this as much is because they're, they're not the one that's dealing with it, right? So because we are the person dealing with it, you know, one mistake could cost us, you know, tens of thousands dollars to fix, right? So I just look at, okay, if I hire someone, let's say paying $50,000 a year to do this actively, I'm, it's like insurance, right? I'm double checking, triple checking, I'm making sure everything's, everything's correct. And also at the same time, it's a, tr it's, it's a trainable process, right? So now we're, I'm training designers in the field, say, hey, this is why we do this. And I think that's really helpful for them is because now I have a lot of designers, they've, they've been seeing the office for you know five to 10 years. Now they're actually see, seeing things come to life. And I think this is really where our design shines is when you could relate a 2D drawing to a physical object, you know, that, that really, con you, you bridge that connection. Well, what's interesting, you said something that just yeah. kind of triggered something for me. You said it's teachable. Yeah. Well, what that means is, yeah. If, if you have an ability to have something teachable, whether it be a process or a system, yes. well, now, now it can become replicated, which yes. now becomes profitable, right? And yep. so you need, it needs to be teachable. It needs to be documented. And then yep. from there, it can be replicated and, and profited. And so, you know, that's really important for any companies learning how to replicate that, replicate that. And one thing, too, it's going to keep that consistency, right? Danny Wing, you have your brand. And yeah. you want that replicated. You want that consistency. And that's what your clients are expecting. So unless it's teachable, unless you can get this routine down, you know, it's going to end up hurting you in the long run. Yeah. And I think this is one thing that's really also helpful. So the, the way we're going to do the way we're going to do it is, you know, I haven't, I haven't actually documented this on videos. We're actually, we're going to make this also a video and it's going to be a company video, training video, you know, and I'll post on YouTube you know, things to look out for, you know, how, how to be proactive. And I've been doing a little bit of this in my stories and I could tell you, I mean, I, and I'm shocked, right? I'm surprised like so many people DM me, they're like, oh, you know, you're like, it seems like you are very detail oriented and careful about these things. So we feel safe, you know, hiring you. It's like, oh, okay. I didn't know that translates also into, um, you know, I didn't know that was very visible on, in my, in my posts or deep in my stories. So that's also very good branding. It just shows that I actually care about all these little details. Well, yeah. it's funny you say that because people are yeah. watching and, and they want to see the culture. They want to see how you're handling the processes. And yeah. we actually had clients in today and they said, you know, what's fascinating is that you look at some, you know, builders or designers or architects and you can tell online, like the ones that aren't afraid to share. Cause like, look, Danny, you yeah. can share your processes all day, but no one's Danny wing, right? Like you have your own brand, you have your own communication mm -hmm. and skill set, And so you're still going to have customers, even though you're giving away your secrets, if you will. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, but I think that's, that's awesome because no one likes that salesman that's in your face, right? Think of used car salesman. And if you're on yeah. social media saying, Hey, call me, here's my number. I'm Danny Wang. Call me for your next project. Like it's a turnoff, right? But what you're doing is yeah. saying, here are the details. And now people are saying, I trust you. Like, I, I feel like I know you, Danny. So when I do my pool and landscape, you're coming to Arizona and Danny, you're going to take care of it for me. Yeah. It's all about transparency, and I think this is why um, same thing for social media. This is my with relationships with clients, uh, honesty, right? You know, when the way I always pitch to people is, I'm gonna tell you something that I think, whether you like it or not, because it's the truth. If you don't like it and you decide, hey, you don't like what I'm saying, I'm gonna go hire someone else. So be it. But I think people, especially the clients that we value, is. They're so they're so used to so many people telling what what they want to hear, and sometimes yeah, I mean that's good, but it doesn't always translate into good results. So you know that's I think transparency, honesty, that's really how we carry our process through. Is okay, I'm gonna show you what we're doing on the field. Yes, some project will have delays, you know, blah blah blah. That's construction, but at least you know what I'm trying to tell you is true, and then what I'm showing in my post, you can see the whole process, right? So we're not saying, oh, okay, we, we built this thing, but really someone else building it. So mm -hmm. it, just, it, builds, it just builds that, you know, it's like, uh, I was joking with someone today, it's like reality TV, you know, it's just, it's very real, whether it's good or bad. So 
it's a very very real you know things that's happening obviously we hide i mean we don't show some stuff that you know that's that's um you know like lately i haven't shown a lot of stuff that's potentially uh you know like our conversation with our clients things like that just because they you know they want their privacy but you know as far as the design process and i try not to give construction advice on on social media because now i realize it reaches all over the world not everybody builds the same so what i try to do is i just try to generalize this say, okay how does this benefit general audience right like design advice you know things like that but construction advice i try not to i kind of try to stay away from that now because just so many people build different things you know different all over the all over the place so yeah and that's yeah. really smart i mean the reality is i mean it is different you know depending on yep. you know climate and yep. You know, field conditions, site conditions, soil. I mean, there's so many things that go into it, right? That you can't just yes. consult on all of that. But what, what's really interesting is you talked about, well, all of us can fall into this trap where, you know, we want the job, we want the project, so we're going to tell the customer what they want to hear. Maybe we're not holding our foot, yeah. you know, holding their foot to the fire on expectations. So how do you do that? Like if a client comes to you and says, okay, Danny, I want this Danny Wang design, right? I want this kitchen by you and I want this pool and landscape. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're telling me it's going to be 500,000. I only want to pay 300. Like, how are you having that hard conversation to say, no, like this is, you know, if they're saying, Hey, well, this should only be 300. Why is it so much, you know, like, how are you handling that expectation oh. from the beginning? <laughs> so this is one benefit from social media. I'm not gonna lie. Right. So now I, I can't preach that. Right. I preach, this is what it's going to cost. Um, it's expensive, but this is going to cost. So the people that want to do, you know, spend, you know, do this for three hundred thousand, I just say, hey, I can't do it, <laughs> right? This is impossible. So good luck. <laughs> right? So I think that's one thing that people need to notice. Know is I, I didn't learn this until later on in my career. Is you have to say no if it's not doable, then it's not doable, <laughs> right? There is don't be the person chasing. Don't try to accommodate. Don't because at the end you're just going to be come up as a salesperson and you're not going to be able to deliver blah, 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 all, all sorts of stuff. Right. So now what, what's, what social media is benefits because we get so many leads. Uh, I mean, I kid you not, I probably get 10 to 20 phone calls or DMS or emails a day. Now I just, you know, say, this is what's going to cost, blah, blah, blah. This is, this is it. Right. Take or leave it. Yeah. See, so and that's that, nice. That's, so you've created, yeah. you know, it's nice when, you know, it's, it's really hard for the, for someone listening that says, well, I'm still building my brand. I want this job. I need to chase yes. it. You know, that's gonna be a lot more difficult, but let's kind of go down this path. So yes. coming back to social media as you brought that in. So, you know, you've built this following where now it gives you that flexibility, right? Where you can dictate, you know, the projects yes. and clients and pricing. And that's, that's amazing. You know, everyone wants to get to that level. So yes. how, you know, you're extremely talented with your branding, Danny. So, you know, how is that creativity play a role, you know, as you're thinking through each post? Um, so each post, um, I, and I think most of you don't know this, I, I freestyle my posts literally 10 minutes before I post. So, so uh, hold on, I'm going to ask you yeah. that because my, one of my questions for you today was, is yeah. there, because you know, the most people say, well, I have a strategy, you know, I have either a month no. or a week or, you know, I'm going to yeah. do this tomorrow morning. So, so talk us through that thought process. I just freestyle every day. That's that's the that's authentic as it could be. <laughs> so you're thinking, okay, it's 140. I'm gonna do a post now at, at 150, and you know, I'm just kind of thinking through my last projects, and it just comes to you that way. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like design, right? I think most people don't realize this. When I do a design, it only takes me about five to 15 minutes. So it just I take I grasp that moment. I say, okay, what is my inspiration? Bam, that's it. So that's really how I do my, and more and more I know it's not everybody could do this. So that is what I do. I, I just kind of take spur of the moment. Okay, how do I create create this into something? So are you yeah. tracking, you know, do you have an idea of, okay, I know that, you know, born before and afters are hitting, or I know timelines are hitting, you know, are you trying to mix and match, you know, how you're using different videos and static posts? Um, no, static posts usually never work. So the key thing is always video. So now if you see my uh, see my posts, almost every single one has a video in it, whether it's a it's part of a carousel or it's um, standalone. Uh, that one picture just doesn't do the justice anymore. I've, I've noticed that from a lot of accounts, you'll see a lot more yeah. of like home tours, right? You have home tours yep. or you have before and afters yes. or these long time lapse. And so... Uh-huh. It's it's the videos that are really speaking 
to the audience. And so that's something that yep. all of us companies should be looking at. How can we engage more videos? And even as you mentioned, you can still have a static post on yep. the, you know, for people that don't understand the term carousel, it means as you're sliding, you yep. know, swiping left yeah. that you can now see multiple images. And so you're doing a, even a mix and match of videos and static posts or like still photos. Yeah. And one, one thing I noticed from, this is from TikTok is the longer you can keep someone on your post, the better it's going to be. So I've been mixing videos that's, you know, all together when you're looking at the whole post, sometimes it will last, you know, two minutes. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it's interesting <laughs> yeah. you say that. It is funny because, you know, I, the more people I talk to, they're like, you know, I can go on TikTok and I can spend an hour, right? And, yeah. and before you realize it. And what's happening is, is, and the reason being there's stuff that's engaging you, you know, the quick videos. Yeah. Even as you said, there's some long engaging ones that people want to watch and actually see the end result. So the the key is to be successful on social media is finding a way for people to have a reason to look at that screen a little bit longer on your post so it can be tracked. Yeah, and, and it's it's the same thing, right? This is why I think we're doing really well is I'm making all my content relatable. Whether I post a viral video, whether I post, you know, like a luxury resort background, or, you know, whatever projects we're doing, because I'm looking at myself is okay, how you know, what kind of content engages me, right? Like if I'm going on TikTok, I say, okay, what, what are these, what am I paying attention to, whether it's comedy or it's, you know, I'm, I'm paying a lot of attention to this. So maybe my followers will also pay attention to this. So I treat, I, I treat everything as myself. Like if I like it, maybe these people will like it, right? So it's, it's all about authenticity. It's, you know, I post stuff that are very controversial, people, People are, but that's who I am, right? I, I'm not gonna change myself just because, you know, what this follower said. So I just kind of continue post, you know, stick to my, stick to my true self. And I think that's very difficult in a world like this right now. Just okay, who, you know, how many likes do I get? I could care, I could kind of care less how many likes I get, right? So just, I think that's just how you you portray the authenticity. You show, you know, a raw side of you and also controversial you know, bring up controversial stuff. I mean, nothing racial or nothing, you know, political or anything, but, you know, design wise, you know, things like that, you create, you know, you create, no, I, I wouldn't say create, you, you become very, very authentic, whether it's good or bad, you just have to be able to handle it, right? You know, that's the one theme I continue to hear over and over yeah. from any successful um, social media, you know, influencers yeah. are saying off, be authentic, right? And any yep. brand wants that authenticity because just from a personality, but a consistency and just where people are it's relatable. Yep. Um, you, you know, I, I, I love that you said that. And what's interesting is that you, you touched upon this a little bit. That a lot of people get caught up mm -hmm. in how many followers I have, how many likes, you know, on this post. And what you're doing is saying, I don't care. Like I'm putting out good content. I'm going to put out good information, you know, that people will consume. And in the end, and I think that's where people lose sight of this. They're thinking, hey, I only have 5,000 followers or I have 50,000 or 500. It doesn't matter. No. The, the thing is, you know, it's the branding, right? And the cross promotion and being on all the platforms. Because what's going to happen is um, good people, they're going to have good leads and you're going to have the right people following you if you're putting out that good, consistent content. Yeah. And, and also, if you're not, you're posting stuff that's not really you, when you do get these jobs, it's almost like I call it like catfishing, right? Like, yep. you know, I, I did I did a post a couple couple weeks ago, and I got a lot of heat for it. It's just, you know, people, nowadays everybody's so good with computer rendering, and everybody wants to go all out, render the craziest projects I see, but really when they finish building it, it's you, you can't. It, does, it looks nothing like the rendering because it's so much easier to build a virtual world, and that's one thing that you'll rarely see on my websites. I actually don't do that much rendering. I mean, I, I do, but I don't do that detail. I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to over promise and under deliver. I actually do a very crappy rendering uh, because I tell my clients, hey, you know, this is how I work. You see all these finished portfolios on my project, you know, on my, on my website, on my Instagram. I'm more of a person that could deliver something actual versus I could sit there in a virtual world and design every, I mean, most people could design pretty well in a virtual world where there's no con budget constraints there's no you know there's no setbacks there's no, <laughs> <laughs> there's no limitation right so yeah and i think that's really what's biggest problem is always a lot of these designers uh, especially that do a lot of the 3d rendering 
you're you're not delivering a true product, and I I get it because that's you know they can't really get the project, but you know it, it just what I don't understand is where they think it's gonna end up to be where you render this thing that's maybe you know a million dollars and the client only has a hundred thousand dollars, so it just it's it's not a realistic you know relationship. Yeah, I think there's yeah. some few parts of that. It's funny you say that because yeah. there are things on a rendering where you're like, okay, well, how's that going to perform structurally, you know, thermally, yeah, yeah. you know, how, yeah. you know, and especially financially, like, how's this even yeah. feasible based, you know, they have X dollars a foot in this and be like three times that, right? But, but there has to be some method to your madness because I know what, what's super intriguing yeah. right now is it, yeah. you know, there's not, you, you know, you're very, you know, intelligent and strategic as far as each of your post, even though yeah. you have an advantage because you're very creative, so you can do that in 10 minutes. Yeah. But you have you have to have a database or something somewhere of all your information, photos, videos, because you know. So how are you storing all that content? I know you've been in business 14 years, but how are you storing that material so now you can pick it apart and oh. collectively, you know, creatively put that out there? So that's uh, I, I think I shared this with a couple people, but I'm not sure everybody knows. So I'm the person that's taking the project videos when I go to the, the projects, right? There's a feature in your photo album. If you type in the address, it will geolocate you. So what I do is, let's say I'm doing XXX, you know, like street, right? I could type in that street and all the, all the videos and photos from that street or videos, you know, from, I mean, from that project will pop up. And then I just kind of pick, you know, I have tens of, I have like 50, 60,000 photos and videos in my, in my phone, but it's a very fast access to get to sort all the videos and process like all the videos from from that site. So what so what you're doing is you're not essentially creating your own album. You're just documenting the geolocation of the photos and videos you're taking. So now if you're like, okay, I'm on XXX Street. Yes. You know, I can you know on my iPhone I can pull that right up and now I have content for days, right? I have everything for that project and I can quickly yes. Put A, B, C together for a before and after a tour or time lapse, and then there it is, yeah. and I put that content out there. Exactly, and uh, I mean, but now what I do is I, I've been making it into uh, videos, folders, and you know, so I'm I am organizing it because now I have other people that's editing my videos or shooting. So what we do is then we share everything on the drive. But there's just so much content, right? Like you, you know, I, I'll, I'll easily if the project six months, I'll easily have you know like 300 videos of that project. So what I do is I just kind of go down that list and say, okay, let's what what's something to talk about today? Yeah. So let me ask you this, because you're you're based on Newport mm -hmm. Beach, right, Danny? So I mean, yes. what is like the the distance proximity between most of your projects? You know, at a max distance, <laughs> like ten miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and not that that's I mean that's awesome, yeah. which is amazing based on your demo. But even so, yeah. you know, you you definitely have you know if you're going to be filming yourself there's definitely a look a lighting an angle you know you're really going to know what you're doing you know and i think for anyone that maybe in phoenix such as myself or other parts of the country where maybe you might have 40 miles between each project yep. is there's ways where you can't be at every project every day so maybe you have trainings going back to your systems okay well we have systems and trainings in place for you know how we run the project but also let's train our team to understand the vision and look and as they're taking photos or videos that they can now document and send to a central drive for the company that whoever's doing the media can now access. Yeah. So, um, I, we use Slack, right? So for, for internal communication, we use Slack and my project manager that's on site, we try to train them to take videos every day of projects. And also now that we have someone that's more professional, they will actually go each day or not each day. They will go every like you know every other day or every two three days. They will go to the job sites and then they'll capture it. they'll capture what's going on. It's really smart. Yeah. So and so also what, I have a lot I have a lot of cameras too. Like now more and more I have a lot of cameras on on site. I have time always time lapse camera. Sometimes I'll set GoPro here. Sometimes set you know. So now we're almost like we have a lot of media capability. It's just okay. Not everybody's gonna be here every day, but here I'll just set a camera here, right? It will capture whatever, and then we could edit it, we could do whatever. So I think it's because we are very involved in the pro, we are the one that's designing and building. We are very involved in the process. So then, it just there's so much content, right? Every single day, like if I if I attach a GoPro to my head or you know tap my phone, every single day there's always gonna be some new problem that'll come up. So <laughs> right, it's just like if you. 
share audio recording on your phone, you know, most people will freak out. It's like, oh my God, so much problems every single day. Well, the reality is anyone, <laughs> any of us in this field know there's problems every day. We could paint this picture, there isn't, but that that's not reality. You know, that's yeah. that's why we're hired, right? We're hired to manage yeah. the chaos and the problems that come up, which which will yeah. happen. I mean, yeah, so I think each each of that episode, each each of it is like an episode of its own, right? So I just, you know, I'm like a producer. I have to kind of say, okay, today is this problem, okay? Right? <laughs> <laughs> let's write something about this. Yeah. So yeah. So so I think because of our job, is just so much stuff going on. You know, that alone is the content generating portion. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you this: as we kind of, <laughs> you know, move this along. So with mm-hmm. with Instagram, you know, Instagram has become Mm-hmm. And, you know, more pay for play, you know, mm-hmm. so is there, uh, you know, an amount that companies should be investing in Instagram? Do you think it's advantageous, you know, as far yes. as what they should be willing yeah. to invest? Uh, I would say, you know, it depends what you're doing, right? Like for us, we're, we're brand building. So really it's, it's each, each company and, you know, back to, you know, think more like a big business, right? You, you allocate budgets. You say, okay, how much money do I have for marketing? Right. So you say, okay, I have X amount for marketing, and what is that marketing budget broken down into? You know, videographers, uh, Instagram ads, or you know, Google search words or whatever. Right. You kind of you kind of do that. So I think it's definitely a lot of this platform is becoming paid pay to play, and I don't blame them. I mean, it's just, it's just like anything in the world, right? Like I don't work for free. Why does this platform need to do it for free? Um, so you really have to sit down and have a strategy. Say, okay, do I need more work or do I need more my brand to be well-known or do I need to sell something? So that's really a strategy that you need to come up with and say, okay, it's a, it's a crucial for, for me to spend ad dollars if I, I'm not going to benefit from it. So there's always going to be ROI, right? Yeah, so what's interesting, I mean, there's two ways to grow your business, right? You can try to organically grow it or you can pay to grow it, right? Um, you know, to get in front of eyes. And so when you're doing that, if someone is, and, and I know this will differ, you know, by company and what your end goal is, but would you recommend that people are, um, you know, I'm kind of answering the question for you, but you know, if I'm gonna pay, it should should I be paying for the demographic in my area? Should I be paying for maybe just global eyeballs, you know, throughout all of North America, depending on age and income? You know, what have you seen successful for you as far as, you know, any money you've invested in social media? So I think, I think the, I think the most important thing is content because a lot of people, they say, you know, I'll run ad dollars, but then I don't see my followers growing. And this all comes down to content. Like, does your content go viral? You know, recently I had, I had, I had, luckily Instagram's been really lucky for me. I have five or six posts that will organically reach one to two million people, right? So that's how I look at it. It's okay, if I could do this organically, when I promote this, it's going to be very, very viral as well, right? So I think really comes down to content. If you have really crappy content to begin with, no matter how much you promote it, it's not going to gain your following. That's interesting. So let me yeah. let me ask you this then and follow mm-hmm. up to that. So if you... If- yeah. If you post something organically and it goes viral, it does really well, which you know it's good content, are you reposting that now a second time and putting money behind that, promoting it, or are yes. you going back to that original post and doing it? Uh, no, no, I just go back to the first Do a one. new one. Yeah, yeah, because uh, more and more I'm understanding, because I've only been on for like a year and a half, right? More and more I'm understanding how it works. And if it's good content, no matter what, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit. It just, after a while, you know, obviously... If it's a six-month-old content, you're, it's not going to get any more. Uh, it's not going to reach more accounts, right? So when you pay, what what essentially Instagram is doing is it's uh, it's reposting it for you. <laughs> so there's no point in reposting it and then doing it. It's just Instagram will say, okay, let's repost this maybe two times a week. So then it's hitting dif- different demographics, or it's pop- it's popping up in in your feed. That's what it's doing. That's interesting. So, so yeah. essentially, because we all know, okay, so if only 5% of our use followers anyways are seeing our post, yeah. right? And they say, okay, well, if you post something at 7 a.m., you could post it in three months again at 2 a.m. or uh, 2 p.m., right? Because you might have different people at that time of the day. 
But what you're saying is that, okay, so I posted something six months ago, it went viral, did, did amazing. Now, six months later, I don't need to repost this in my feed. I can go back to that post, invest some dollars in it because I know it went viral. And now, essentially, I'm reposting it because now I'm putting it yes. paid in front of people's eyes to go yep. viral a second time. Yep. And and I, I look at that in my statistic, right? Like, I'll give you an example. My recent most viral posts reached over 2 million people. And only reached about 150,000 of my followers, but it's reached, you know, over 2 million organic followers. So, you know, even some of my own followers don't see it, right? Even some of my own followers don't see it. Yeah. I mean, that's really, I mean, you're only showing it to like 40% of your followers at that number, right? And that's, that's actually very, very good. I mean, some posts only, only 5% of people see it. Yeah. So, so what is, I mean, I, I do repost, but every time I repost, I, I put I put a different spin, I put new content on. So like I think I repost now every three or four months, pretty much every time I hit like a extra fifty, hundred thousand followers, you know, it's been so fast lately that you know the hundred thousand people haven't seen my content from a month ago or two months ago. So I just keep on posting, posting, posting. I mean, I, I the way I see it is because it's free, it doesn't matter. You can post as many times as you want. Right. So I think that's what it's holding back a lot of people is when I first started on Instagram, I didn't care. I mean, I still don't care. Right? I just post whatever the heck I want because it's free. It doesn't cost money. Yeah. So just the more you do it, the better you get at it. It's just always, you know, execute, do, you know, versus you could do the best planning and nothing will happen. But the best way is you, you go test it out. You can pay, make one or two posts a day. I used to do three posts a day. Now I do one post a day. Sometimes I do one post every other day. It just, you know, I think you just kind of keep on doing it and then, you know, it'll work. But I like that strategy. I think what's interesting <laughs> is you, you brought up it when you're thinking about now, okay, organic is one thing and we're all going to be at different yes. levels and that's fine. But yes. when you're willing to start putting money behind it, take a look back through the analytics and really be strategic about which posts are doing really well that you know are yes. being consumed. And yes. now let's pump those and put money behind it. Yes. And you also have to know, while you're spending money, right? Like, let's say if I am a, let's say if I'm a carpenter or, you know, whatever in Arizona, do I want that world? Do I need the international or do I need the whole state to see my ad? No, because they're not gonna be my clients. So right. I think that's really, I think that's really what the misconception of people on Instagram is. Like, like you said, right? It's not about how much followers you have because if your business can't handle it, there's no point. Right. Right. So, you know, let's say I get a lot of inquiries to build in India, right? Or, you know, in Spain or wherever. That's those are not my target clients because right? I can't serve them. But my design company can. So, so what really are ways to so, know what product that you're selling? Right. Yeah. You have to know the product. I mean, you and I are very similar since we're general contractor. Yeah. Right. I'm, I don't have. AFT Newport Beach and AFT Dallas, right? So yeah. I, I want to be catering to Scottsdale Phoenix, which is my demographic, yeah. you know? So, you know, how are you controlling that? Because the one thing is that you're alluding to, I mean, the more leads that you have come in from other parts of the country, the world that you can't service, well, uh -huh. this is just more time consumption from you. So in a perfect world, you know, your whole demo is going to be right there in your 10 mile radius. No, no. So that's, that's actually not true. So uh, because of that, uh, and I knew this from maybe two years ago, right? My construction side, my construction side is not scalable, but my design side is. Mm -hmm. So now we actually have a couple projects all over the, all over the country. We have uh, some in, I just, you know, I just help Nolan with two over there in Houston. Uh, I'm getting, you know, two or three leads a day from over there. I have a couple projects in Northern California. I get a lot of inquiries from Arizona, Miami. So because my design side now is I could reach a whole entire world. That's why we serve the global market versus my construction side. My construction side could only serve, you know, like a 10, 15 mile radius. Well, well, what I love about you said that and you took a different direction here because the design yeah. side, yes. you know, that that's another part of your business you can optimize. And yes, you can do that anywhere. And what's funny is often it's asked, I had um, Joel from LinkedIn on, you know, a long time ago. He's a connection on LinkedIn that, that you yeah. know, he does very well known throughout LinkedIn. But what's interesting is we talked about this because uh -huh. they say, well, what's the point? What's the point, Danny, that you have followers from all around the world and a big follower around the U.S. or Brad? Why, why are you spending time on LinkedIn? 
you know, and you're connected with a lot of people in Chicago or New York. Well, yeah. marketing, the, the key to marketing is the more people that know you, it's brand awareness, right? So yes. what's going to end up happening is many of my followers in New York or Chicago it relates to me. I'm not doing design like you are, Danny. So as it relates yeah. to me, I may not be servicing them. I may not be building for them, but what ends up happening is it's that ripple effect. The people they know, hey, I move in Arizona. Yep. I need to build a home. Oh, there's this builder I know in Arizona. Go call exactly. him. Right? And and that's where people need to see not only your your uh, domestic reach, but also your national and worldly reach because there are advantages to both. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's also given us uh, because there's data, right? So, you know, out of my 400,000 followers now, I think there's about 70 to 80,000 in India. So let's say if I just ever decide to have a, a global office, I know exactly where to put a global office, right? Because right. it's, it's telling me where the demand and where the followings are. So that's one thing I looked at. And then also, you know, uh, I look at, you know, the, the ge geography and I look at where the phone calls are coming in. So that's really why we are looking at as a, a big business now. It's like, okay, we actually have reach in all parts of the world, that is going to dictate us where to go, right? Let's say if I ever need to have, um, you know, and then that's, and surprisingly, it's, it's bringing us opportunities that I never thought of, right? I, I, people reaching out to me from Africa. It's like, oh, I didn't know, you know, I didn't even know this, <laughs> I didn't even know this country existed. So it's like, oh, okay. I mean, that's, <laughs> so, I mean, bottom line is for me is, I mean, it's, yes, there's some strategy, but then also I look at the, I look at the results, right? It's like by putting yourself out there as much as possible, new opportunities come in. And that's, you know, one example will be, I recently started a cleaning page, right? Mm -hmm. So that was purely on accident. I started posting, you know, clean videos and, you know, it goes viral. And it's like, all these people are asking me where, where did I get this little cleaner from? And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> that's that's a good opportunity, right? So I started a cleaning page, and kid you not, I started about, I think, almost a month ago, and it's almost has twenty thousand followers. That's and, amazing. And by monetizing, I opened a store, right? So I sold almost quarter million dollars of those little carpet cleaners. That's incredible. <laughs> so we so just. You know, you'll know, you'll know where opportunities, but the thing is, you'll know until you try, right? Like, let's say if I do it and it sucks, you know, no one does it, then I'll, I'll know, but you don't know until you do it. So I think that's the really key thing is just, if it doesn't cost you anything, it costs time, try it, right? It doesn't hurt. Well, there's a lot of advantage, you know, to listen yeah. to that counsel, Danny, and I'm glad you were close with that because I want to be respectful of your time too. So, yeah. You know, that's that's awesome, you know, with the cleaning thing. And now here's another enterprise of the Danny Wang portfolio. Right? <laughs> yeah. So what, 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 you know, outside of that, you know, because I know that's taken off. You and I were chatting offline about that. So what what's yeah. new and exciting for, for Danny Wang? Um, I think we're uh, recently I just updated. So now we're we're developing multiple offices in, in, the, in the country now. So, we're so where's up. the next location? Uh, I think we're. I mean, LA, I mean, that's the closest, uh -huh. that's the, that's the area that we're actually, or actually we're getting more jobs in LA than even where I'm locally. Wow. So it's, a, it's, it's, it, it, it drives your demand, right? It tells you where you need to go versus I'm sitting here guessing, right? It's telling me, okay, there's a lot of people calling me there. Then, okay, that's the natural location to have a second location. Um, and then Northern California, Houston, um, but those will be working with, you know, local strategic partners. So that's kind of really what's really exciting for us is is um, being able to kind of grow into different parts of the world that I have never thought of, right? So that's really all because of social media. It's amazing, Dan. You're an inspiration. I, you know, I could talk to you for days. I just your energy, <laughs> your yeah, everything you've learned. I mean, I just, you know, there's so much you have to offer. So where can our listeners find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram. Um, if not, if they want to see the before after, you know, Dan Wynn Design. Uh, the now even even by demand, I have a second page. It's you know, designs by Dan Wang. That shows the after then before, right? People people want to see the after picture than the before. So just okay, whatever. So I start another page. Um, <laughs> and then TikTok, Dan Wang Designs. You know, website, uh, DanWynn.com, and then LinkedIn. Uh, I have a LinkedIn profile as well. 
and YouTube channel. So just if you type in Dan Wing Designs, I'll, you know, it'll take you somewhere that will lead, lead you to all my content. So. Again, just as you mentioned, consistency, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, consistent branding, consistent content. And with and this is the key thing is social media does not cost money. So the more content you put, then you'll know what will take off and what will not take off. So it's trial and error. I mean, if I knew what how the algorithm worked, I would be extremely successful, right? But of course I don't. So the best thing is just getting out there and do it and then trial and error. I love it. No, that's awesome, Danny. Well, thank you so much for making time. I can't thank you enough. Yeah, thank you. It's always a pleasure talking to you. A big thanks to Danny for joining us on the podcast today. And just a couple of points uh, to bring up again. You know, he really uh, dove into depth about how to organize your storage, right? From your photos on your iPhone. That was the example he used, um, you know, to his Dropbox by location. And then that allows you to have the time lapse before and after, right? To create that documentation. He spoke a lot about being really strategic in your posts. You know, static posts are great, but more importantly, find content that's engaging, whether it be carousels, swipe throughs, videos, time lapses, and utilize those for your marketing. And then track them, you know, see how they're doing. If, if organically they're really taking off, that means people are inter- interested in it. So utilize those and put some money behind them for the pay for play because that's going to increase that reach. And you know, you can either organically get in front of people's eyes or you can pay to get in front of people's eyes. And Danny has been very successful at both. So the pay for play helps. It helps with algorithm and analytics. And it's all how we want to spend our media dollars, right? And definitely target to the demos where you want to be working, right? Demographics, whether it be city, location, state, and really target those areas uh, to get a good, a good return on investment. Thank you again for all the support you've given us on the podcast. It's been amazing. The feedback Definitely reach out if there's any questions or topics that you have for us to address. And please make sure and subscribe and give us a five-star rating on either Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes. It helps a lot. Thank you.